Howdy do, buckaroos. Greetings from the Uncanny Valley. Thank you, as always, to Jason Snell and the Incomparable for putting this up and putting up with us. <laughs> I am your host for this show, Kelly Gamont. With me, as always, is Don Melton. Party on, Don. Party on. <laughs> I keep meaning to say that because I always say with me as always is Don and I'm, I'm worried that one day I am actually going to say party on Wayne. That and that would work for me. I just roll with it, Kelly. If I, yeah, if I do, I just hope I get back a party on Garth and we'll just keep going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, let's go ahead and start the show with the first thing right out of the gate. I was wrong. Um. For as much as Westworld has so far sort of hewn to the HBO storytelling mechanisms, Episode 9 is not when it all exploded. No, it did not, um, did it? <laughs> all, well, maybe in the technical sense, because at the very end of Episode 9, we get the sneaky peeky at Episode 10, and that looked like every single plot line exploded at the same time, and we were watching shrapnel fly by all at once. Yeah, and uh, apparently, and I, I found this out from reading uh, Evan and Rachel Wood's Twitter feed right after the show, that episode 10 is going to be 90 minutes long, because they ain't cramming all that stuff in an hour, I'll tell you that much. No, 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 no. So this is uh, um, this, uh, this uh, well-tempered uh, clavier, or clavier, depending on if you're French or British. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was... Uh, not much happened this episode, huh? Huh? Yeah, it was very... Um, it gave me a very episode eight kind of a vibe yeah. in that we're still doing an awful lot of aftermath. Yeah. I kind of felt like. Um, yeah, it, but it wasn't quite as much, uh, you know, uh, an evening with Basil Exposition as episode eight. No, that's true. Uh, there, there was a little bit of advancement, but it sort of felt like... When you walk around with a very a very young or a very old person and you walk a few steps ahead and then you look back to make sure they're keeping up with you, that's kind of how it felt. Last episode took us by the hand and this episode feels like I'm just making sure you're keeping up. Are you with me? Yeah, well, uh, and uh, to be uh, to be sure, although there were no uh preludes or fugues from uh Johann Sebastian Bach in it which kind of disappointed me there were quite a few reveals and i wouldn't say ironclad confirmations of other theories but the people who don't think william uh grows up to be the man in black those people are getting to be a very very small number on the internet cuz it's getting pretty yes. damn obvious but uh, the fact is, I've been saying for weeks now, along with others, that Arnold, rather that Bernard is, uh, uh, is some sort of host version of Arnold. In fact, I used the yes. word homage, which I think even Ford yes! Ford used uh, this time. And sure enough, yes. uh, I and several other people were right about that one. Uh, and can I point out for a moment um, the the moment, I guess, for lack of a better word, where um, we thought we were getting what was actually going to happen. You know, uh, Ford picks up the picture and they have a conversation and I texted you at the time. Show me the picture, show me the picture, show me the picture, show me the picture. Me the picture. 
And then we go off to a completely other plot line. <laughs> and no one ever showed me the freaking picture. Uh, not not then. They, <laughs> what did I tell you? Read the read the text back. I, I said, keep watching Smiley Face because I yes, that's what because I'd watched uh, I'd watched it just prior to you starting. It's great on Sunday nights, and we'll only have one more <laughs> Sunday night to do this. But usually, I see the episode first, and yeah. then I tell I tell Kelly on text, okay, I've watched it. Give me the play-by-play as you and but Mr. Then, Kelly but, sit down to watch it. But you also give me like a sentence <laughs> of like, I just finished, but it's always spoiler-free. So it's like, I just finished the episode. Holy shit. <laughs> or I just finished the episode. You know, I'm still piecing my head together. Let, you know, give me the play-by-play. So <laughs> it was it was really funny. Where'd it go? Um, yeah, and that that one there, that piecing my head uh, together was a uh, was yeah. a uh, uh, a non spoilery spoiler for the very last thing that happens in the episode when Ford tells Bernard to uh, give himself a severe haircut. Yes. <laughs> now I'm looking. Was that before or after the break for pie? <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. And as usual, Kelly, you she not only tells me what her and mr kelly are eating she sends photographs <laughs> i i had to run out after that and eat cold fucking cereal i had to find something to eat because <laughs> i didn't have any pie of that epic magnitude in the house last night so so for those at home uh because i can't text you a picture of the pie from last night um it's i don't know what they call it but it's uh, the the s'mores cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, my niece is here visiting, and she had a gift card, and so she went and got like five or six pieces of dessert that they had there in the counter up at the front because she had this gift card, and she lives in Alaska where there really aren't a lot of cheesecake factories. So the only cheesecake she factory she has is the one she sees on the the Big Bang Theory. Exactly, that's like the closest she's ever gotten to one until we went there the other day. So. Uh, we went there, and so she got me this s'mores one. So it's this like chocolate, this slab of chocolate cheesecake with like a, a sort of a fudge filling or a fudge ganache on top, and then it's got this toasted marshmallow all over it with a little bit of whipped cream, and then um, oh sure, just ram crackers, dusted all over it. <laughs> and so that's the picture I sent Don. Was I said uh, uh, we're starting the episode again, but this time with pie. <laughs> You were like, wait, pie? Like, yes. Nobody there's told me pie. about pie. I'm like, there's pumpkin pie, and then there's mine, which is some sort of s'mores situation. And you were like, I need a snack. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't I, I wasn't that hungry with uh, hearing about pumpkin pie, because it's not my favorite. But s'mores, Jesus, give me a break. And sadly, exactly. sadly, besides preludes and fugues from Bach, we were also missing pie last night in episode nine. Yes. But... I loved it. I talked to uh, my sister this uh, this morning. She she was out all day and she was so tired she didn't want to watch it uh, Sunday mm-hmm. night. Uh, so she she got online and watched it this morning. And she called me like right when I'm in the bathroom, and <laughs> uh, it was like we have to talk about this now. And so uh, so one of the things I asked her. Uh, uh, right away was what were you surprised by and what were you not surprised by? And a lot of these are exactly the same thing for you and I. 
the first thing that she said she was surprised by was uh, when Angela, Elon Musk's ex-wife, stabs uh, Kenny. No, Teddy. Stabs Teddy. Teddy. (laughs) Oh, my God. They killed Teddy. (laughs) Yes. Uh, and kills him. And I was like, boy, I didn't see that one coming. And uh, my sister Joyce said same thing. And uh, she was not expecting that one. Uh, and then I asked her about the ending. And she said pretty much the same thing you did by the time they got to the ending. <laughs> it was kind of obvious that Ford was going to have to kill Bernard this time, right? To get yeah. him through the end of the cycle. So... Well, and I agree. While it wasn't surprising at that point that it was going to come to that, it was still mm-hmm. not pleasant. No, it was very, it was very sad to me. And then I think, to me, what made it even more sad was, um, and I, like on the one hand, it was very creepy that when it happened, Ford didn't even flinch. And that was actually what made me wonder how many times Bernard and Ford have gone toe-to-toe and Ford has had to undo it, you know, roll him back, whatever. And, you know, through varying levels of self-awareness, you know, had this happen. And I felt really bad for Bernard. And I still don't feel... And it's, it's another... It was peak Nolan, you know, I don't feel anything warm or compassionate for the human. It's the robot that I care about. Poor Bernard. I'm sad for him. Did he give Clementine some sort of secret instructions beforehand so that he'll be okay? You know, it it was very sad to me because it was like Ford didn't even, like, he didn't even register a loud noise behind him. No, he, did, he in a way he did he walked off without watching uh the act itself. Right. Uh which is very similar if you remember in episode 7 where he orders Bernard uh to kill Teresa, he turns around and leans against the the glass. Yeah. So he's not never going to get his hands dirty or really right. observe that kind of thing. He likes to tell the stories but he doesn't like to get up up close and personal with those kinds of things. It's a, it's he's a very interesting kind of killer and villain. Now, mm-hmm. one thing you you talked about the Bernard uh, becoming conscious uh, multiple times and Ford erasing him multiple times. That was obvious. When my wife watched the episode this a- afternoon, it, it it's it, she texted me after she watched. She she said uh, she texted me. I am a genius or no, no, I am brilliant. And I was like, well, I had to, I was downstairs in my office. So I had to go upstairs, peek my head through the stairwell and go, and how exactly are you brilliant dear? (laughs) And so she tells me that, uh, this is totally for her, uh, Bernard and Ford. It's recalling the conversation between, and I don't know why she thinks of this movie, but between Neo and the architect from the shitty sequels to the the Matrix, yeah, and which blur together to me into one long, uncomfortable, bad movie. Well, the the first one is good, and the other two don't exist, so we will never mention them again. Exactly. Uh, so, um, but you, when we were talking about this before the show, and we should mention to people we've had two or three before the show conversations, one of which was. 
<laughs> late last night when we're both zoned out yes. of our mind. But uh, before you brought to mind something I didn't think of, which was the line from um, the Incre- the incredible shitty, uh, incredibly shitty fourth season. Right? It was the fourth season. Right? <laughs> um, which was, you know, this is um, this has happened before and it will happen again, kind of thing. Yeah. Which actually, I think they mentioned that in season one or season two, but they don't beat it to death with a goddamn stick until season four. Right. But it was also partly, um, I liked, I liked watching that unfold a lot more than I liked the matrix and that might, the matrix sequels, which might be why <laughs> that's, that's yeah, what yeah. came to my mind. Well, I can re uh, I can rewatch all of Battlestar Galactica. I know, I know my son does, uh, like every other year. Uh, he likes yeah. it so, uh, so much the same way he's now starting to rewatch breaking bad every other year. Uh, it's been that it's been that long since it went off. Uh, oh my god! But anyway, uh, something else I was going to mention in terms of the conversation this morning with my sister. Another surprise she she had was Stubbs uh, getting right? getting ambushed like Muldoon from Jurassic Park, but not getting <laughs> to say clever girl <laughs> clever first. Girl. So what the fuck? I I mean I did not. I did not think that was going to happen. I thought he was yeah. going to either find Elsie's dead body or, you know, she was going to grab him from take, behind. I thought they were going to take him to her. So when they left that dangling, I'm like, what the hell? Where hap- what happened to Stubbs? Yeah. And who who hit the uh, uh, switches on the Ghost Nation Warriors? So, you know. I mean, Maeve does That's the another... Maeve does the freeze all motor functions on Bernard himself in the opening yeah. scene, and Stubbs can't do it to the Ghost Nation Warriors. Somebody's See, fucking which, with the hosts here. There's a whole other level of questions that I have just about Ghost Nation. Yeah. For and and I had them before. Like, how come nobody at HQ talks about them? How come we've never seen? Uh, you know, we never saw uh, what's his name talking about them as part of storylines or anything. Like nobody ever mentions Ghost Nation, and you know, the only person who seemed to have any information of consequence about them was another host. When Lawrence tells us about them and how, like, it would really be awesome if the train didn't stop here because right, we are well and truly fucked if that's the case. Yeah. And then the train stops. So um, for me, that was that was really, it was weird and unexpected. But then it was just another one of those. But I had 37 questions to start with, and you haven't answered any of them for me, except that somehow Stubbs isn't root on his own system. What the hell? Yeah. So there's something there's something wacky going on here, and again, this is why episode ten will have to be ninety minutes just to wrap up yes. half of this shit. But uh, you know that because when they showed him, remember we were like, I think you and I both kind of did the same thing. Like, yeah, we're finally gonna like get some advancement with Stubbs' storyline because now, honestly, when you saw Stubbs and Elsie in the elevator. Headed out to get the the renegade host, like the way they were bickering, old married like, couple bickering. Oh, I thought they were doing it. Yeah, 
I totally did. And I'm like, cause, and, and this is like, this conversation happens like just after we find out that Bernard and Teresa are hitting the sack. So I thought, oh, well, obviously this is what's happening. You know, I bet you do. Oh, she knows. You know, like it was, it was sort of that moment. So I sort of was waiting to see more interaction between the two of them. So I'm surprised that I was very surprised when that didn't happen in this episode. It was a little, a little disappointing, but Hey, you know, they only got an hour and, uh, you know, this whole thing, well, you know, and there, there's a marvelous line that Maeve says to Bernard, which we both thought was marvelous. And that, that, uh, the end of that first scene and it maps to, it's like to all the fans out there. If you mm-hmm. go looking for the truth, get the whole get thing. The whole thing. It's like a good fuck. Half is worse than none at all. And yes. right now we're in the middle of half of a fuck. <laughs> yep. And so you just don't want to get hit by a bus before next Sunday night. <laughs> I yep. really got to know. Yeah. Don't walk downstairs. Yeah, exactly. Be careful getting in it out of the tub. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I think what another thing that I thought was funny in reviewing our uh, air quote show notes <laughs> is um, you and I both thought the best line of the show was something Dolores said to Logan. But it was different lines. <laughs> it's just that they were different things. <laughs> yeah. And so I and I, I like the line that uh, that you picked out uh, uh, too, which I think is the is actually the line. Is that the line before or after the one that I picked out? After. Uh, okay. So uh, I'll, I'll read mine first and then you read yeah. yours. I thought, because okay. uh, Dolores, you know, she's, she was in full spunky mode 30 years ago, uh, even yes. then, when she says, you both keep assuming that I want out, whatever that is. If it's such a wonderful place out there, why are you all clamoring to get in here? Which is yeah, like, She sort boom. of herself into the argument that, that Logan is having with William don't you call him Billy (laughs) is having with William about um, taking her home. He's like, she's not like the other one. She's different. She's special. So, uh, and, and so then, you know, she sort of inserts herself into the argument they are having about her (laughs) to let them know what she thinks. And, and uh, in a weird way, uh, I was sort of glad of that because it felt very normal. Yes. To me, to have to insert myself, you know, to be somebody, to be a, a, a third person who is the subject of a conversation that is happening in front of you and have to step into it and say, since you're talking about me and I am the foremost expert on myself, let me drop some science and see if this changes the conversation that's happening about me in front of me. Um, my favorite line from the show uh, was my favorite for a couple of reasons. So uh, mine was uh, when Dolores is talking to Logan after he's picked her up out of the chair and he sort of like grabbed her by the neck or the shoulder, I think it was, and she's kneeling on the ground. Yeah, it's the, it's the looks, second scene. It's the scene at night, not the scene during yeah. the day, right? Yeah, and she looks up at him and says, there's beauty in this world. Arnold made it that way, but people like you keep spreading over it like a fucking stain. <laughs> First of all, she swears, which I don't remember ever hearing her say anything remotely even rude before this. So 
dang. Well, yeah. And, and the Logan, other thing to keep in mind is this is thirty. This awakening is happening thirty years ago. Yeah, this is a long time ago. Yeah. So then Logan says, "Okay, I don't know who this Arnold is, but your world was built for me and people like me, not for you." And then Dolores says, "Then someone's got to burn it clean," and that's when she takes the knife and goes at Logan full on. Yep. And it was stupendous. Again, unexpected. Um, because, and that's after that Logan has opened her up. Yeah. And we see the uh, the million little uh, gears and, and pieces. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you know all the not humanness of her inside her. Right. And then she manages to escape the camp, yeah. falls down, and then when she gets up, she's in the present. She's remembering well, she that. Hits, she hits the ground. And in her mind, she hears, remember. Yes. And as she gets up, she looks down at herself, and she's not bleeding anymore. Or wearing the same clothes. Not quite the same clothes. Mm-hmm. Because it was still the cute cowgirl outfit, not the blue right. dress. So that's how you know that you've done the, uh, the, time, uh, the time frame jump. Yeah. Right. So, and so if you watch that really closely, particularly in this episode, I feel like they they tried to do a very good job of being very clear from like it wasn't like she was wearing this outfit in a scene and then we go somewhere else for a while and then we come back and she's wearing different clothes. It was still her. They cut from, you know, from her point of view to something else and all of a sudden you notice that she's wearing different clothes. It was like it was to me it was much more clear in this episode. Uh, like they were driving at home. Yeah. And they, uh, they were also being a lot more clear about, uh, the forced, uh, the Angela's forced flashback on Teddy, where he's trying to remember the, the story that the backstory that Ford gave him about Wyatt. And he starts to really remember, you know, what happened, uh, 35 years ago. Uh, in Escalante, yeah. uh, the town. And you also uh, notice that the man in black says, because I think Angela discovers it as the, the town that was buried. And the man swallowed in black. Swallowed in sand. Swallowed in sand. Swallowed by sand. Swallowed by sand. And the man in black says, I've been there. Because of course he's been there. You saw him as William in last episode. Uh, yeah. uh, roll up on it. Roll up on it, right? And him get all confused because Dolores is having a flashback to five years before when it was not covered. And then there's a cut where William is not even there. And Dolores is alone because that's the Dolores from present time. And she's remembering both of those two pastimes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, we're getting, I almost memories. want to put duct tape on the screen at the, you know, for the various timelines, but <laughs> That's a lot of goddamn duct tape. But remember also that we're getting that that to her, to all the hosts, because um, they explained this to us before, ever so helpfully, that they they aren't, there's no such thing as a fond memory for them. They recall it precisely, exactly. All the pain, all the grief, all the heartache, all the joy, all the happiness, whatever it is. They are replaying exactly the same thing. They don't get the human 
advantage, I guess, of time and distance and healing. Like to them, it happened 30 seconds ago, 30 years ago. It's exactly the same thing. Right. Which is time does not dull it. You know, experience does not dull it. Anything like that at all. So, uh, you know, that's part of why it sort of felt like Bernard was still taking the death of his son as hard as he was because it still feels to him like it just happened. Right. Even though, you know, he's been uh, implanted with uh, Arnold's backstory. Remember in episode three, Ford says he, um, you know, his life was uh, a tragedy. Marked by tragedy. Marked Marked by by tragedy. Yeah. Marked by tragedy. And so, uh, but Bernard as a host, you know, he he can never uh, forget that. Uh, no matter or if, yeah, can or can he? We'll see. Because <laughs> he was trying to work through it uh, in uh, that episode. But before we hop away from uh, our good friend Logan, uh, William, and and Dolores, our good friends, uh, how about that scene where um, Logan shoves that uh, photograph into uh, right? uh, William, not Billy's shirt? A brand my, new photograph of guess who Juliet. That was my oh this week. Yeah, and that's and that also you know is pretty much you know proven the timeline and you know yeah because obviously because uh, I think your uh, your friend Tom we were talking about your friend Tom had six questions <clears throat> and yes one of the questions is how did the photo of Logan's sister Juliet end up buried in Abernethy uh, Farm for uh, uh, Peter Abernethy to find and go batshit crazy over. Yeah. And my theory is that, you know, he finds it the day after the man in black's visit uh, the night before uh, with Dolores uh, after you know, after he's been resurrected because he has no member oh, of dying. Because, okay, because of the loop. Yeah, because of the loop. Or my other theory is the man in black lost it or left it there near the time a year or so, because that's what uh, his Sylvester visit. his previous visit when Maeve um, went off her nut and he saw yeah, the maze the for the first, first time. time. First time because I think. Her ranch is somewhere in the vicinity. Maeve's ranch was somewhere in the vicinity of where the Abernathy farm was too. Yeah. So given what we saw in her memory in the replay and stuff, like it's not, she's not near town. Yeah. She's out in the open in fields and stuff. So it makes sense that she would live out away like that and might be um, what I always called technical neighbors maybe even to Dolores and and her father. Um, When I was a kid, I I lived on acreage when I, when, when we were young. And so I always said we had technical neighbors because you don't really live next door to somebody when you live on acreage and they live on acreage. Yeah. yeah. Like your property is up against their property, but it's not like you have neighbors. Like I, but who walks to the end of the property, right? Yeah, it was like a 15-minute walk to literally get from my house to the house next door. You know, by the time I went out the driveway, down the road, and then up their driveway, you know, and and all of that. Like, it was a while, so... This is why we we have cars. (laughs) 
<laughs> right, so, yeah, yeah I, 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 very I similar. I grew up on a farm, so yeah, it was yeah. the same thing. Yeah, you, 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 you know, you had to squint to see your neighbors down, uh, down yeah. the road, and there weren't even a lot of trees in the way, and it was still hard to see them. So, exactly. um, uh, you know, isolation uh, has made me the man I am today. I'll just say that. <laughs> So, well, let's talk about Maeve a little more because we've, because uh, she said something else that I thought was very striking in this episode, which was. Um, to, to Hector when she's going on a recruiting, uh, yeah. recruiting and, and message. We need to talk, it's time to talk about Hector just for a minute. Um, she said, I want you to break into hell with me and rob the gods blind. Which I really liked. Yeah. It was, I don't know what it was about how she said it or, you know, the way that the, the words were strung together, but I really, really liked her explanation, you know, for lack of a better word. Um, so let's talk for a minute about Hector <laughs> because Hector's last name is Eschaton. Yep. And for people who don't know, um, there is a, there's something called eschatology, which is a study, a, a religious study, I guess, because it's theology, if I'm not mistaken, um, that is all related to death and judgment and like final reckoning, the end times, end days. Um, there are different theories about whether this is the end of a person's life, the end of an era, or like the end of existence. So, and, and it's a perfect pin. name for a guy who's such a nihilist, <laughs> right? The linchpin to Maeve's plan is the end of days. <laughs> like, can you know? This is another one of those moments of like, you're actually shooting this show in a valley. Really, it was one of those moments. Yeah. As, as his character sort of reveals itself to us. Um, that was a thing that I thought. And the thing that's also interesting to me about this is that this is something that sort of crosses religions. So it's sort of a religious study. But um, there, like I know that I've, I've seen things about um, Buddhism talking about the end of times. And there's stuff in the Bible for, you know, Christian religions about the end of times, end of days. So I know it's something that is not limited to just one particular religion. There may be more, and I just, I'm not a person who spends a lot of time studying theology, so I don't know how many other religions reference something like this. No, pretty much but all the of them. Ones, uh, yeah, the ones I do know I, I, all I was a, I was a, eschatology. Yeah, yeah. I was a biblical studies major uh, briefly. I've had a long and storied uh, life and career. And uh, did comparative religion studies, and it's pretty much like every religion. Um, the other thing and that's it's eschatology in all of them, yeah, uh, basically. The other interesting thing in terms of parallels with uh, religion in this particular show uh, is uh, this whole idea of suffering bringing about, mm -hmm. you know, uh, bringing out truth or bringing out the best in people. In this case consciousness and hosts. So I think they're drawing from, uh, from that as well. And speaking of this show, something I said to you last night, and this, 
you know, in a way, the Hector and Maeve story is the B story for the show. But let's get serious here. For, for this particular episode, there are no B stories in these shows, any of them. No, not at all. Uh, and by the way, what I mean by that is that a lot of times when people write episodic television, they usually have several, you know, uh, two, three, sometimes even four plots going on, depending on the length of the episode. And they're mm-hmm. designated like A stories, B stories, C stories right. be, uh, d- due to the importance and focus. And in Westworld, pff, fuck that. It's like, no, uh, everything's A. Yeah, everything's A. So it's pretty kind of funny. And yeah. speaking of... You get a little more or less of them at different times, but they're all yeah. the main story. And speaking of funny things with names, you know, eschaton and eschatology, uh, I didn't find this out until last night after the show, and I, I I talked to you at our, was it like 11 o'clock call last night or something like that? <laughs> I think I so, what yeah. the hell it was. But uh, apparently, and I did not know this, um, on Reddit 42 days ago before episode three even aired, a user get this with the name Spock nipples figured out Arnold's full name 42 days ago. when we found out when Dolores walked past it in the little underground uh, offices area, it's Arnold Weber. And the way this guy figured it out is he made a guess that even back then that Bernard was Arnold and that if Arnold's name is an anagram, the letters you have left over, the only word it would spell would be Weber. So mm-hmm. props to Spock nipples. You know, I'm yeah. going to be, I'm going to be following you on Reddit now. Jesus Christ. So- and what's really funny is that a month ago, uh, like the first comment under this. So there's this list of bullet points that Spock nipples posted that was um, this and this and this and this and, he, you know, talking about all these different things. Um, and the the thing that it says there is uh, that Walter is grievously wounded, but like isn't dying and is talking to Arnold. And then someone said tinfoil hat. This person said tinfoil hat. You can construct Arnold from letters in Bernard Lowe. So what's left over is a W and E and E and R and a B. So is it Arnold Weber or is Arnold an acronym? And like who, like, like how does Arnold factor into any of this? And then there's some other things that this person also points out. And what's really funny is that somebody said, the first comment is, I'm so sad you conjured up this anagram theory with Arnold Weber. It's banana nut bread crazy and other Redditors are acting as if it is sensible. And it turns out they were right. (laughs) I know. So what else has Reddit got right? Or what else has uh, Joanna Robinson over at Vanity Fair uh, who, by the way, also does a uh, an amazing Westworld podcast uh, with her partner called, I think it's Decoding Westworld. Listen to our podcast first, but uh, when you have extra time, listen to that <laughs> podcast by Joanna. But, you know, I'm like 99% with uh, her being theory girl over there, but we were reading her latest article in Vanity Fair, and there's one thing you and I both disagree with her on, and that is... Yeah. 
Uh, where'd it go? I was I was reading it and then I scrolled. <laughs> oh, segue. So, uh, so it's about <laughs> Ford knows about Maeve and Maeve's evil plan, and that's actually yeah. part of Ford's meta plan. And I'm like, and that it's okay with him because he's two steps, a step or two ahead of everybody. So he's like, oh yeah, Maeve's doing her Maeve thing again. You do you, boo boo. I don't think that's it. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not sure that Ford is quite that all-seeing or all-knowing. But maybe we'll find out next week in the last 90 minutes of Westworld we're going to get for over a year. Those mm-hmm. fuckers. So, But I liked... See, and this is... like Saying this was one of the things that I thought was... was uh, interesting because I'm like, oh, well... And, you know, anytime I've heard a theory so far, I've been sort of like... I could see that. I don't agree with it, but I can see how you could get there from where we are. And I don't see this one. This is like the first time I've had one where I've said, yeah, not just that's not what I think. I don't know how we get there from where we are. So I think the other thing that was really interesting to me actually was um, after all this time, after all these episodes, right? Eight hours of what the fuck is in that safe? <laughs> oh, uh, right? Hector's it turns safe. Out it's Al Capone's safe. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing in there. Oh, by the way, did you notice somebody on, uh, speaking of Reddit again, uh, uh, pointed out last night that in Ford's office behind his desk, there's a safe, and it's a <gasps> ringer for Hector's safe. So my guess is that... that one thing we may find out is that, and I'm I, like an asshole. I never noticed this before and so, uh, until somebody, you know, put photographic evidence up there that maybe when they do trash uh, uh, the Mesa uh, level at uh, uh, Delo Central there, mm-hmm. that uh, maybe Eschaton gets to go through Ford safe. Maybe he's got like a, uh, maybe he's, maybe he'll start jonesing for it when he sees it when they're uh, ransacking the place. We do know from looking at the trailer for episode ten. For for those of you who don't like that many spoilers, not just theories, but those kinds of spoilers. But the trailer for episode ten shows us that uh, it, it is the most irritating trailer in the world because it's like sixty seconds long, and I swear to God, every frame in it is from a different scene. In episode like, 10. The last 30 seconds are the same number of frames. And are, are like every, it's like one frame each. Just jump it's cut right. after jump cut. Yeah. But anyway, one of them, I, I, I made myself sick going through it, but one of them is uh, Maeve going down to uh, cold storage sub level 83 and Can walking in the. Her? Yeah, walking into the old Bill room in the back where, uh, and seeing Clementine, you know, that's where Clementine, Ford, and Bernard, and Bernard shot himself. And so she's mm. walking in, she's looking, as near as I can tell, at Clementine still standing there. She yeah. does not look down, though. And I don't know if that's because she hasn't noticed Bernard laying in a heap of blood on the floor or. Because they uh, only showed us two frames in the first place. Yeah, or two frames in the first place. Or <laughs> maybe somebody else has come and got him in the time that she makes it down there in episode 10. Mm-hmm. To me, that was one of the more significant things from that um, 
that whole trailer. Yeah, me too. But if you Th- e- that's where she ends up. But if you but ever also- want to get one excited and two irritated as fuck, look at the trailer <laughs> for episode ten. So there's a thing that I sort of filled in here. Did you fill anything in? Like I know sometimes people call that headcanon. Like in my mind, this is what's happening. Um, do you have anything like that for this episode? Because there's something in particular that um, that I'm sort of hoping for, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I want that I want very much to be true. Uh, well, I mean, well, it's it's not so much uh, headcanon as I do have a lot of questions uh, uh, after this episode, like. Uh, and why I brought up that scene is like, you know, Bernard's a host, so he's not really dead. So who's going to revive Jeffrey Wright's career here uh, before he gets written out <laughs> of the last episode? Uh, the other thing is, you know, uh, is Elsie dead or ex- just extremely strangled? I mean, they wouldn't show her strangled like that two episodes in a row if they weren't right. going to Nolan us in episode exactly. 10 and bring her back. The- remember, th- she was mentioned twice. And she was not mentioned as she was not mentioned as a killed person or as a dead person, but as a hurt person. Yes. So um, uh, you're splicing words, but you are entirely accurate. So well, the-, the same thing that bothered me about when they when somebody showed Stubbs the man in black as he was on a rampage, and they said he's laid waste to blah 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 whatever. And they show Stubbs the screen and Stubbs looks at it and says, that gentleman does whatever he wants, gets whatever he wants. That gentleman gets whatever he wants. Not guest. Yeah. Not board member. Not anything about anything. That gentleman gets whatever he wants. Uh, and I feel like in some cases that stuff is really deliberate. And I feel like that's what we're getting with Elsie. And of course so we I want her to be alive. Yeah. And of course we find out this episode that he is a board member. And he doesn't yes. give a shit about it, really. So the other questions I have is, you know, when Maeve set herself and Hector and the other hosts like Armistice and the the other people mm-hmm. on fire, did she do that because she could get a full rebuild and have uh, 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 Sylvester and Felix rebuild her without rebuild all of them without the exploding vertebrae? That is a good question right? because they. Which yeah, because she sure. she wasn't yeah. just stabbed. You know, it would have ravaged her whole body, and they would have had to rebuild her. The right. other thing is, if Dolores is essentially Wyatt in the past, mm-hmm. does that mean she could command Sheriff Teddy? You know, because Teddy was the sheriff of Escalante back then. He didn't have right. the role he has now. And the devil had a hold of me. Yeah, the devil had a hold of me to do the killing with powers like Maeve has now. You know, how powerful yeah. was Dolores before Ford set her in her 30-year loop of punishment, you know, rape and watching her parents get killed every day for like every 30 day, years. Every day, yeah. So, so th- those are the things that are like um, making me sort of scratch my head. I don't know where that's going. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering, I'm still wondering about subs. Yeah. Because I feel like... I feel a little bit like he's going to end up being our Neville Longbottom in this story <laughs> arc where like we've seen him and we know who he is and we know what his deal is and he's kind of over here like not really part of the action 
And then he's going to end up fundamental to whatever happens. I feel like that's his arc. Um, so I am really curious about him because I, I, I'm, I want to know how things turn out for him. But my curiosity was more about um, what is happening with what happens with Bernard now, sort of the next steps. And the reason for that is because I wonder um, if maybe, you know, like I said, it seemed like Ford wasn't bothered at all. Like, oh, it's been two years or it's been four years or, you know, whatever sort of ish amount of time it takes Bernard to work all this out for himself. And then, you know, he's going to go eat dinner and then he's going to come back tomorrow. And when he comes into work tomorrow, he's going to clean Bernard up and roll him back and then, you know, reset the clock and wait another couple years or however long it takes Bernard to work things out for Bernard to work things out. And, what I wondered about that was if this is the time that Bernard has somehow managed to outsmart him, that Clementine got some special instructions from Bernard before he ever went and talked to Ford, or if Bernard and Elsie worked out some sort of secret plan and maybe Elsie really is in charge of the ghost nation and she needs Stubbs to help her with her plan which makes me excited because then Stubbs will have a sidekick and then I can call them Crockett and Stubbs and that makes me really <laughs> happy. <laughs> because I need that to be true. You, you set up this whole episode just so you could make that joke, right? <laughs> it, yes, it was It was a Game of Thrones length game, but yes, I've played it and I win because I got to say Crockett and Stubbs. Um, but I... like. I'm really curious where that's going because I feel like... Oh, I, I, I completely agree with you. And and I think part of what I'm most interested in with the corporate stuff is that um, I was born in the 70s, but what I mostly remember is the 80s when it comes to like primetime drama and stuff, you know, hence my secret longing for Crockett and Stubbs. Um, and part of that is because Makes sense. it was all corporate drama corporate espionage everything was about working in a company you know when you think of the the big stuff like you know la law was about people at companies getting back at each other and like soap operas were all you know somebody's the head of this multinational corporation and they're up against this person who runs a different multinational corporation and like all that stuff was all corporate espionage and i think that that in my formative TV watching years makes me just go, yeah, yeah, the park. Talk to me about the board. I want to know about the board. I want to know why Charlotte thought she had to go out there. I want to know more about what, who else what, is what's their big What's their big agenda? What's the board's in game to get the technology? Uh, well, I agree that is, that's interesting to me. The board. Well, to me, the bigger issue is why the hell is Ford doing all this? Why is he, why is he replaying the game from 35 years ago? Exactly. What is the point of that? Mm -hmm. uh, and Ford obviously knows that the host can become conscious. He mm -hmm. knows that they can essentially achieve Arnold's goal, right, but does he, he not give it? Yeah. He's Maeve. Right. Well, and he knows that, uh, uh, Bernard has, uh, become right. conscious he knows that it's happened to Maeve uh and 
I'm sure he knows that it's happened to Dolores because he wouldn't have punished her so much if he had, if she hadn't have done all that other stuff 35 years ago. So, right, what which, the hell? Which is one of those Robert things that like what the hell? Why are you, you doing? Yeah, why are you doing this? Is it's not? You know, is it just about you? Re- you really like telling stories? I mean, dude, get online and write some fanfic or something. You know, just work out those issues. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. What? What the hell? There, there's his agenda is the one that I can't figure out. The board's agenda. I'm sure it's like we need this technology so we can all live forever, or we can have super soldiers, or uh, you know, doesn't everybody yeah, they probably want to weaponize it? That's always what. Or the doesn't com- everybody need the a slave? Wants right? To do with something awesome, yeah. right? I mean, right. We all saw Real Genius. We know that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that one I, I I'm less I'm less concerned about. Uh, I'm more concerned about, you know, what the uh, what Ford's game is because that's really going to tell us where this is going to go for a season two. And if mm-hmm. if they really have this mapped out, although they're not following the the episode plot points of a typical HBO show, and you know, mm-hmm. by the way, I could just kick myself for. Last week when we were talking about this, not realizing that Nolan and Joy did not write episode nine. This is the only episode where they didn't have, they didn't at least have half credit, if not whole credit. And so episode 10 is credited to only to Nolan and Joy. I'm sure, you know, they had uh, other writers contributing to the way that works, but, uh, and it's also, I believe, uh, I believe episode 10 direction uh let me check on this real quick i think it yeah it's credited uh nolan himself so you know because he directed the first episode uh and he wrote it with his wife uh lisa joy and so nolan's going to direct and they're both going to write the last episode so this is i think also making it 90 minutes means that the big the big moment's going to be in 10 Oh yeah, because they're they're obviously doing things their own damn way, you know. Certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so lots, lots, uh, lots of stuff did. We were joking in the beginning that not much happened here. Lots of stuff actually did happen in this episode. Yeah, uh, this is it. for me, this was very much like episode eight. And I mean, can we talk for a moment about the? just in case you hadn't figured it out already moment where we get near the end, you start figuring out Dolores isn't wearing the same outfit she was wearing a minute ago. <laughs> yes. Maybe something's happening. She, you know, we, we saw the church was buried and now the church is shiny and new. So you see all this stuff happen. You see Dolores go downstairs. You see Dolores come back. Dolores steps out of the confessional, looks up, and here's the door open. We see her go in to the confessional. There are people in the church. We see the former Mrs. Elon and by, crying. Yes, and by the way, what a better place to put an elevator than in a confessional. I know. <laughs> I was like, who's... Because my first thought, you know, who's, dumb church going for a lot of my life, Kelly. I looked at that and I went, so she's going to say, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. And like, who's going to be the priest? Who's going to slide open the screen and start yeah. talking to her? And uh, who, who, who? 
Well, it's Arnold, but only after the bottom drops out of the confessional booth and she ends up downstairs in the in the room where it happens. And if you were a real religious uh, person, a good Catholic, and the bottom dropped out of the confessional booth, you'd think, man, I'm going to be saying more than, you know... <laughs> Five oh, Our Fathers and Three Hill Marys he here. Knows. <laughs> yeah, he already knows. The I'm, priest already knows, yeah. and it's. I just have an express ticket now. Oh God. Yes, oh God. Exactly. So anyway, um, she comes out of there. She yeah. hears the sound at the door to the church. Looks up and says, "William." It, well, she says, "William?" Question mark. I looked at the subtitles, and the doors swing open. Silhouette. It's the man in black. Who did you notice this? I and I had to rewatch it. He nods. And he says, hello, Dolores. I figured that was just my brain tell, like confirming for me, you know, confirmation yeah. bias or whatever. Yeah. So, all right. So, hello, Dolores. Yeah. So, it's obvious that, um, it's obvious that the man in black and William are, you know, basically the same character. So. Yes. Uh, I mean, they're practically hitting everybody over the head with it now. So. Uh, right. Uh, and th- I was they'll, sort of they'll do for the a real more subtlety? dramatic reveal than like, okay, I've given you breadcrumbs, and now I'm gonna just give you pieces of bread, <laughs> and then I'm gonna lead continue to lead you with loaves of bread, and then surprise, <laughs> bread. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure they're going to do that uh, this season, but it's pretty good. And I, you know, from a few of the scene, other scenes in that episode 10 trailer uh there's one scene of uh, it's apparently dolores be uh, dragging the man in black uh to the front of the church and the expression on ed harris's uh face is priceless uh, utter for that surprise utter yes. surprise who by the way ed harris turned 66 uh i believe yesterday oh so there's hope well for, happy birthday sir yeah happy there's hope for me yet so if he he can do that <laughs> at that age uh, and one of the other scenes uh, is basically uh, the man in black and Dolores uh, standing around the graveyard and they're not fighting or hating on each other or anything else. They're just right. standing around, you know, acting normal. And I think they're looking for Dolores's grave or something because yeah. I'm guessing so, that's what's in there. Yeah. So another thing that I thought was interesting because I sort of I, I thought about this last night. I woke up and couldn't sleep in the middle of the night and my brain just kept turning stuff over. And, uh, one of the things that I was wondering was, um, like at this point we know we can't take anything for granted. Like we can't take for granted that anybody is or is not a host. We can't take for granted anything is happening then or happening now. We, we don't know it's the whole unknown unknowns thing. Like we don't even know what we don't even know. And so I started thinking about stuff like the few things that we have that we've sort of taken for granted and, and, you know, built the story on. And one of the things I thought of was what if the picture of the three men, you know, the photo, show me the picture, show me the picture. And then they don't show me the goddamn picture. Um, they did at the end. They did finally. Yes, but it took them long enough. Um, like we've been looking at that photo and seeing Ford and seeing who we believe to be Robo Father Ford. Yes. And then Arnold. Not Bernard, but Arnold. And 
it got me thinking you know and 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 then you know i had a stroke and and they had to take me in for servicing um it it got me thinking about what if that was really just ford's dad in that picture before arnold built before arnold built uh robo uh ford's dad right yeah yeah, before there was Robo Dad, when it was like, what if that's actually him? And what if he is one of the people who somehow had some sort of influence over the park? And maybe, and the only reason, because this is what happens when you are literally laying in bed, staring at the ceiling at three o'clock in the morning, wondering about. And you know why you were you paying, try to figure out why you, you can't were sleep. paying for all that sugary pie you ate, Kelly. <laughs> Well, I slept awesome until like two thirty, and then my brain was like, "And yeah. we're done." Um, yeah, that happens to so, me every night. <laughs> oh, it's terrible! So, but I was laying there thinking about that, and like, what if maybe that's what's motivating Ford? Is that something with his father was so yeah. damaging and so fundamentally wrong? You know, whatever clearly, it was that happened between them. He clearly that, has daddy issues. Right. But what if what if we haven't even seen the tip of the tip of the iceberg of those issues? Yeah. And that's what happened to him. And that's why he's broken and has this very uh, nihilistic view. You know, I mean, it's like the first episode when he says this is as good as we're ever going to get. Yep. Yeah, I so have I, I have maybe... I have worries like that from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not because you built people and charge other people forty thousand dollars a day to hang out with those people, right? Yeah, yeah. So I wondered if maybe that was a thing, and it sort of I sort of went down this rabbit hole of questioning all the things that we do think we know, and that was one of the ones that we've that we've sort of had dangled in front of us forever is this picture of Ford and his dad. Why would he keep a picture of his dad on his desk? You know, even if it's robo dad, like, you know, why? Because that sort of implies human feeling, you know, like he had, he's sentimental in some way that that picture is precious to him somehow. Although he said in episode four, I'm not uh, to Teresa. I'm not sentimental. Right. So what is the deal with this picture? And I really, what I really hope is that we get a man in black moment with Ford. Because remember, like, we just thought the man in black was just a miserable motherfucker. Yeah. For like six or seven episodes. And then he's laying there up against that rock and we start to hear a little bit more of his story and it peels back a little bit of this hard-ass exterior the rind that clementine's so fond of talking about and we see that there is like a little it, it may not be big it may not be well cared for but there's a nugget of humanity in there and we still haven't seen that out of ford yeah i feel like we need it because i i can't go full joker with ford you know some men just want to watch the whole world burn i don't think that's him but i can't figure out what is him if it's not that in a way i i yeah i agree with you on that in a way though i do as a creative person and um as an uh a software engineer because any software engineer that doesn't have at least part of a god complex is lying to themselves or a creative person that uh, doesn't have that. So I kind of enjoy, I see where he's coming from 
with that, you know, about wanting to tell us little stories. It's, it's the, how he goes about it. That's just batshit crazy. Uh, for yeah, me, it's, see, there's no one, two. like I need the, the humanity piece of it. You know, no, no we're, we're, we're getting a one, three. We don't know what the two is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, it's what it's, what it's reminding me of right now is, and I, I'm not going to remember which episode it was. So I apologize in advance for people who are going to, and if you do remember, please write in and let me know. Um, I had all these people recommend Breaking Bad to me as a great show. I should really watch it. It's really interesting. Da 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 da. And I I never got around to it. And then it showed up on Netflix, so I started watching it. And I'm watching this show about this miserable dude who lives a mediocre existence with a a a, a mediocre family. Like none of them are particularly kind or caring or exceptional to him like in any way they're all just sort of going along in their own little worlds that all happen to intersect at his house you know and and i'm like why does anybody care about this show it's not redeeming it's not interesting like the hook is that this guy's a chemistry teacher and he knows how to out meth meth makers big whoop right like i didn't really care and i keep watching the show because everybody said this is so good you're so gonna love it stick with it and there came a moment after he has started actually creating meth and selling it and trying, you know, to because at that point, he's still kind of a good guy. Like, I'm trying to save my family, you know, even though they basically uh, the saying in my native land is wouldn't cross the street to piss on you if he is on fire. But, and, but he kills the guy in the basement, right? Uh, no, it wasn't that. It, something happened like to him, and I went, "Oh no! I hope he's gonna be okay." And I'm like, "Wait a minute!" Like, <laughs> a rational little part of my brain, which occasionally pops up, popped up and went, "Kelly, you're rooting for a meth cook." Yeah. What's going on? And that was the moment when I was like, "Oh, I'm in." Yeah. I. This is the moment. This is the thing that has happened. So you and now I'm like, "Oh, I, I'm, I got." So you want up. that moment for the, Ford? Yes, I need the because I still don't I'm curious about him. I don't care about him. And they are very different feelings. I care what happens to Maeve. I care what happens to Bernard. I care about all these robots. You know, and I mean, I figured that part out very early on. Like I don't have any feelings for and that was the thing that was so funny to me. I don't even know I I remember telling you that and I don't remember if it was while we were recording or not that like the only the only person that I really care anything about is Bernard. Yeah. Like, I don't find any of the other people interesting. And it turns out that was wrong, too. So I'm trying to figure out, like, the part where I'm supposed to care about Ford, aside from the fact that he can pull all these strings. Well, let's see. Let's see what kind of twists Nolan and Joy can uh, come up with. Because they've... I have a feeling there's going to be a surprise that... Uh, none of us theory boys and girls uh, have guessed yet. Oh, I can't wait for uh, for episode ten. And I'm sure, considering the amount of time they're going to take to do the second season, uh, that um, that's going to be interesting too. Um, I I will say that. Westworld is is 
the show that I both love and hate in a way. <laughs> uh, because, you know, there's just exasperating things that I just like, why the fuck is it that way kind of thing? You mm-hmm. know, whether it's technology or this or that. But I am just thrilled to watch it every week uh, because knowing enough about storytelling the way I do now and knowing enough creative people and talking to a lot of other people who are, uh, are professionals in this business who say, damn, I, I'm impressed that they did that. Or I'm impressed with the, the quality of this and that. I mean, they're really, um, um, it doesn't feel like you're watching a TV show. You know what I mean? Right. This is not. Um, this is something different. And yeah, it I've, feels it feels like long form storytelling, like from a film approach. It's like a film approach to a TV show. Yeah. Which I've I've only heard from a few in a few places. Like um, I think a couple of seasons when they went into Game of Thrones, I heard somebody say, like you know, a cast member who said it's like working on a 13 hour movie. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think that's sort of the approach that they're taking with this. So I, I'll, I'll let them play it out. And if they screw it up, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably be irritated, but uh, hell, they had me this long. So <laughs> props to you for making me watch next Sunday night. You bastards. Um, <laughs> I, well, and you know why we have to watch next Sunday night? Because we need to find out what the hell happened with Don't Call Me Billy. Yes. And why he went and chopped all the confederados up into little pieces. Yes. Uh, he's obviously... Well, they weren't that little of pieces, but yeah. I, I bet that uh, that uh, William Don't Call Me Billy uh, next episode picks up uh, picks up a black hat from somebody and puts it on. Oh, yeah. That's that's got to be coming there. That's got to be coming. Um, that was the the other I reason we have to watch next about that, didn't I? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you did. What what got Logan's camp? Oh my god! And then your reply was, "Oh, mine was all caps." Oh my god! And then you said, "It was not God, Smiley." <laughs> yes. And I replied, "Well, I was gonna say, oh my Billy, but apparently I'm not allowed, and I forgot my caps lock was still on." <laughs> Uh yes, yes, yes. That's I I love to get the play by play. It just it just warms my heart when other people freak the fuck out like that. <laughs> you know why they're yeah, doing it. I have it. a friend who watched the first episode and, and shot me a text and said, Um, Wow, you weren't kidding about Westworld. I'm you know, he was like, I really liked episode one and I'm like, let me know and I said, If you're gonna keep watching, let me know because you're cause when you need to text me, I'm here for you. And you're going to need to text me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, okay. Yeah, my, uh, 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 my sister, when she, she started watching, uh, I think it was like, uh, four episodes in, we talked a lot. Yes. And she was, uh, she's not a, uh, I had to do this wacky thing where I watched with her online. You know, mm-hmm. rewatch the episode where she watched it the first time. She hates watching things alone. And we're like separated by six or seven hundred miles here. So 
yeah. timing the playback online was a real pain in the ass. But <laughs> after uh, after the first six or seven episodes, she doesn't wait for me anymore. She just like as soon as it's up, she's like, "I'm watching now." Screw you. <laughs> and she'll watch alone. She doesn't like to watch TV alone, but, and she'll watch this one uh, yeah. on her own. Uh, well, and I remember a couple of weeks ago, um, I was, uh, Mr. Kelly gets up and goes to work before I get up and to get ready for work. So I basically get up when he leaves. So he sort of makes sure I'm awake and like functional before he takes off. So he like woke me up. I think it was Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> After episode seven. So he doesn't say something like, bring yourself back online, does he? No, no. But he like gives me the little shake on the shoulder. He's like, wake up. And I'm like, Bernard is a robot. What? What? Like I blurted out. It was like the first. He was like, are you okay? (laughs) I guess I'm thinking about TV still. Yeah, yeah, I'm up. I'll see you later. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, the other reason we got to watch 10 is not only so we can blurt out things like that when we first wake up, but we've got to blurt it out in another podcast here. Then we've got to blurt it out in the incomparable. Uh, we got, we crash, we're going to crash the incomparable uh, podcast. I guess it's on the fifth yeah. or the sixth with uh, Jason and John and uh, Glenn and God only knows who else. Right. Yeah. And you know, I I I got a uh, I squeeze. And we're gonna figure out which of them are the people we need to invite back for the inevitable rewatch episodes. Yes, and the <laughs> uh, the thing is, I uh, I I crowded my way into that not because I want to say a whole bunch during that podcast. I just want to be in the room while these these folks are talking yes! about it. <laughs> yeah, because you and I have talked about all of them anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> So that's one of the things that I think has been really fun about that. Um, So also while we're here, um, something that I do on the after show, which is my own podcast with my friend, Mike Rose, um, is we say hello to people that we know are listening. So I'm going to say, just like I do over there, I'm going to say, hi, Chris Fuller. And uh, hi to Brian, my friend, Brian, he lives here in Portland. And uh, he sent me a note, I think it was today and said, um, I was listening to and enjoying the entire one through five episode incomparable podcast before I realized it was you. <laughs> Thanks. I said, I didn't, I think I said, I don't know how to take that. And he said, Oh no, I was happily surprised. So anyway, so we had a whole conversation and hi to my friend, Tom, who shot me a note with a bunch of questions. And I said, we're about to start recording. So I will make sure I put those in the notes. <laughs> And also, um, hi to my friend Mark, who I know is listening, um, who after we posted last week's episode, um, I was going to look back and see because he posted, oh, the part where I said something like, uh, I need maintenance. (laughs) 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 And uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. So anyway, um, hi to you guys and anyone else who's listening. We're, We're really happy to. I'm really excited that you're listening. Please send us your feedback, send us your notes, send us your curiosity. I expect a giant uptick in these things uh, with episode 10 coming, you know, as we get into the whole the whole uh, last episode, you know, once and for always. So um, I really want to know what you guys have to think. You can find me on Twitter as Verso. You can find Don on Twitter as Don Melton. Cleverly. Uh, yeah super secret uh incognito there and 
I can't wait to see where we go with this. Now, was there anything else that you wanted to make sure that we covered? Now that I've said hello to everybody. <laughs> no, I, that was a good wrap up. Um, I because he's the last person on Twitter to talk to me about the podcast. Uh, just I uh, want to say hi to my friend uh, Barry down in Australia. <gasps> hi, Barry. Hi, Barry, and um, or Baz as uh, we call him. And because uh, he was uh, <laughs> he, uh, he he was having a problem getting the last episode because of the damn caching bug. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we know, we know, we know. We're not going to do that again. So uh, yeah. sorry about that. And that was actually me, and that was my uh, nubitude that caused that to be a problem. And I don't think it's going to be a problem anymore. So. So the other person I wanted to say hi to is uh, my sister. I don't know if she's going to wind up watching this episode. She usually watches them like uh, or listens to them three or four days late. So hi, sis. So uh, there you go. And that's it <laughs> well, for me. I'm hi. I'm I'm out because uh, I'm just I'm just sitting here vibrating in my seat waiting for episode ten. Six Basically, more yeah. fucking days. I can't believe it. <laughs> I know. I don't know what we're gonna do for well, a week. Well, like, it's it, it's the six days, and then it's the year plus that's going to kill me. That's yeah, and and we can only take up a certain percentage of that by being by doing the rewatch, and yes. you know. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, by the way, the plan we the evil plan that uh, Kelly and I have talked about is uh, to try to stretch it out as much as possible is to rewatch one episode every month. You know, every. 30 to 40 days so hopefully that will evenly space it out until the show comes back on or until game of thrones gets here and we forget all about westworld there you go yeah maybe we could do a little maybe we could do a little bit of that that might be better because i i I can't believe fucking hbo it's like not only do i have to wait over a year for westworld i gotta wait close to a year for game of thrones too thanks a lot and after that, it, that's it. There yep. is no more. Yep. So at the end of that, which is which is sort of very, which is sort depressing. Of very, there's no sort of. It's frustrating, and it's it's kind of a bummer. It's good news, bad news. Yeah. I really like a story with a beginning and a middle and an end, and so I like that they've gone into it. Like even during season five, they were like, you know, we only got two left. So I'm glad for that, and I'm I'm hopeful about you know story structure and things like that and being able to have the story remain coherent at the end of all of that so that's my hope i have faith in him or, i just or, wasn't gonna take so goddamn long to get more yeah <laughs> they screwed up they you know they'll they'll never be able to show their faces again so pressure's on all righty so, you want to send us out i think so uh we will see you guys next week. Um, it's entirely possible. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying this here so that people will maybe uh, hold me accountable for it. Uh, I think you and I might do a quick reaction show, like when it's over. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to set like a 20-minute timer, and that's going to be it. And it may just be the two of us going, oh, my God, for yeah. 20 minutes. And yes. that may be it. Yes. Uh, that night. possible. Uh, I... Uh, <laughs> We may need some serious caffeine because <laughs> you, yeah. you usually watch it pretty damn late. So, yeah. Well, I'll make sure there's nobody at my house being interrupting cow. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, interrupting cow or little. interrupting pie. Yeah. 
And so yeah. uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to do that. Yes, we will definitely try to do it earlier. And uh, with that, I'm going to bid everyone a good week. Like I said, make sure you get at us with your theories, your ideas, your links, your articles, what have you. I'm still waiting for Westworld GIF. Uh, yep. I haven't. Nobody sent me any, and I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> To be honest, I keep asking and it doesn't Send happen. Send Kelly your gifts. So, yes, I need particularly reaction gifts because I really do like to save those and then shoot them out to other people, like lacking context. You, thing you wouldn't believe the one she sends to me in SMS. So <laughs> I need I need to look at something new, guys. So send, I was going to tell you to knock it off, and then I remembered we're an explicit podcast. So yeah. Aha! there you go. <laughs> so, Already. With me, as always, is Don. Party on, Don. Party on, Garth. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. We will see you guys later next week. We will see you guys next week. And until then, be excellent to each other. Indeed. Indeed.